Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Outdoors Adventure Podcast, March 2023. So yeah, we obviously we started last month and I want to start this month with a thank you. A thank you to everyone who listened to last month's podcast because it did miles better than I was expecting. So we got about, uh, in the first two weeks, so it's going to grow from there again, we got about double the amount of listens to what the normal podcast or an average podcast gets, which is quite amazing, really, considering we're on a standing start. Uh, so hopefully it will just grow from there and get even bigger. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who listened. In terms of um, who's listening, well, we got the vast majority of people listening from the UK, but we also got listeners from the United States Germany, from the Netherlands, from South Africa and France as well. So thank you to everyone who listened there. Um, it's a better 50-50 split as well um, in terms of who's listening on Spotify and who's listening on Apple Podcasts. And it's also a 50-50 split females to males. Ever so slightly, 51% female, 49% male. Um, so yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, it really is doing much better than i thought it was going to be which obviously gives me motivation to do more so thank you for that in this month's episode we have got a interview with alan bennett alan bennett works for the scout organization and he's going to be talking to us about how getting children into the outdoors at an early age has a positive physical and mental health benefit to them We've also got a trip report from uh, a mid-Wales body. We also have the usual news and events and a new section as well, uh, which is question of the month, which will create a bit more discussion on our social pages. Uh, Talking of which, our socials are going well as well. Uh, So Facebook, our Facebook page, our Facebook group has about 130 members already, which is brilliant. Again, much more than I thought we were going to get. So you can find that on Facebook uh, at uh, the Outdoors Adventure Podcast. Just search for that and you'll find it. And then um, we've also I've also put these on YouTube as well. So you can listen on YouTube if you want. There's nothing, no videos on there, but it's the actual podcast that you can listen to on YouTube. So, yeah, that's uh, they're, they're growing nicely, which is great. Um, you can still get in touch uh, uh, the email address that I set up which is outdoorsadventurepodcast at hotmail.com and you can get in touch and suggest some guests or you can even do your own trip report if you like, that'll take something off my hands anyway um, or any suggestions you've got, I really want, want to hear your feedback, it's, uh, it's always nice to hear in the next couple of months, we've got quite a lot coming up, actually. We've got um, someone who has attempted Everest on a couple of occasions and now runs a mental health charity. We've got some interviews from the uh, camping show at the NEC in Birmingham. We've also got a interview with a mountain guide. We've got trip reports from the Cairngorms, the Lake District and the Wild Camp in Snowdonia as well. So lots coming up in the next couple of months and they're all planned and ready to go. And lastly, I should probably finish with an apology to my dad. I said last month that the in the first 18 years of my life the outdoors wasn't a huge part for me uh it turns out it was because dad 
disagrees with that statement and has since been sending me lots of photos of me enjoying the Lake District and the outdoors from a very young age. So, I mean, in my fairness, a lot of the pictures of me when I was quite young, uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if I couldn't (laughs) couldn't remember these trips, but I suppose the impact of those trips uh, had a lot more than perhaps I gave credit to. Uh, So, yes, sorry, that. Um, So, uh, we'll crack on with this month's episode. So I'm just adding this uh, little bit in afterwards. Uh, I've decided, you might have seen on the Facebook page, I've decided to actually split the interviews that we're doing. So I'm going to start doing these every two weeks now. Uh, which means that I'm going to split the interview section in half. So uh, today we've got half the interview with Alan Bennett. Uh, I'm going to keep the news and the events and the stats. The question of the month will probably be every other week as well. Um, But yeah, so you'll uh, get half the interview today and then the other half in a couple of weeks' time. Okay, we're going to jump straight in with the interview this month. This month's interview is with uh, Alan Bennett. Alan Bennett works for the Scout organization and he's a delivery manager delivering the Scout, uh, sorry, the Scouts, of course he is, uh, delivering the Squirrels uh, into uh, the Squirrels segment into the Scout organization, which is the youngest element between four and six years old. Um, he's worked throughout the Scouts for a long time now. Uh, he's got uh, some interesting stuff to say on how it helps develop children getting into the outdoors. And the important aspect for me is uh, the mental health of uh, children these days. I, there's a few worrying stats that I deliver in the interview and it's um, I'm, I'm fairly passionate about this subject really because I just think we, uh, we we forget sometimes that we're animals and we have spent the vast majority of our existence living outdoors and modern life doesn't lend itself very well to uh, spending much time outdoors and there's a there's a very worrying trend with people's mental health these days declining fairly significantly and I personally think it's, uh, well, there's a number of reasons, but I also think it's fairly strongly related to the fact that we've lost touch with who we are as a, as a species. And we should be out living outdoors and spending more time outdoors and appreciating the outdoors uh, rather than in front of screens and in houses and um, not living the way that we're naturally supposed to. So I, I did want to push this uh, conversation towards uh, the more sort of mental health aspect of how uh the scout organization are really helping to develop our young people into more rounded and happy individuals um i actually met alan uh, this is a pastime i don't think i've mentioned on the podcast before but i was a football referee for 15 years please don't switch off um but yeah i was a football referee and alan lived nearby to me and uh, we got sent out as a team quite a lot Alan was a level above me so he was always the ref I was always one of his assistants and uh, he became a good friend over the years. Lots of time spent on the road going to matches and um, I thought he'd be a really interesting guest to interview for a little bit of time on the podcast. Uh, So straight over to Alan. Okay, this month we are with uh, Alan Bennett and Alan Bennett is the Interim Senior Programme Delivery Manager. That is a job title and a half for the Scout Organisation. Hello, Alan. Hello, Rob. And hello. hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. Now, 
And one thing listeners might not know is I met Alan through a pastime of mine, of football refereeing. I was a football referee for about 15 years and Alan is still currently a football referee. So please don't switch off if you don't like referees. Alan has a lot to say on the scout organisation. And um, partly uh, part of the point of the interviews in this podcast is I want to try and get a broad spectrum of people on. I don't just want people who climb mountains. And I thought the scout organisation would be a really uh, interesting thing to learn about uh, because most of us have kids and most of us are uh, involved in, in bringing up children and uh, the importance of children getting into the outdoors. And I thought it'd be great to hear a little bit about how the scouts has a uh, input in that. So, Alan, could you explain a little bit, first of all, what it is you do for the scouts? Yeah, so at the Scouts, so as you say, that very long job title now of Interim Senior Programme Delivery Manager. So what that encompasses as part of the Scouts is our programme delivery side of things. So the role that I have is in charge of um, the rollout of Squirrel Scouts, which is the newest Scouts in section that we have uh, for ages four to six year olds. And it's the first time in over 30 years that we've introduced a new part of the scouting program uh, so we launched that back in September uh, 2021 and we're hopefully in the next couple of weeks we're going to be at a thousand squirrel drays are open across the UK which is absolutely fantastic so that's one one side of the role um, the second side of the role is around our top awards so for people who you know you may or may have not been in scouting but when you hear a scout you think oh yeah they're the ones who you know they collect badges and they achieve badges and and put them on the jumpers and that type of thing um and in each uh section that we have in scouting so we have squirrels as talks about four to six year olds then beavers six to eight cubs eight to ten and a half scouts ten and a half to fourteen uh explorers fourteen to eighteen and then network eighteen to twenty five across all them sections we have top awards within there um you know so they're normally named after like um uh, so there's like the chief scout silver the chief scout bronze chief scout gold and, and so on it goes up as you as you go through um towards what is now the top top award in scout in the renamed king scout award which was formerly the queen scout until um the queen passed away um so that our team are responsible for the delivery around top awards we also have something called community impact uh, which is our social action um aspect of our program in scouting um, and we have um, partners from loads of different organisations. It's called the Million Hands um, partnership that we have, and there's a number of different organisations in there. And these organisations are selected by young people as to what they feel are, are the key issues in society that scouting can have an impact on. Um, so, you know, whether that's sort of food banks, um, clean water, uh, emergency aid, um, uh, dementia. A variety of different things within society so again our team looks after the community impact side um we also have duke of edinburgh which probably a lot of uh, uh listeners will have uh, heard about but again scouting and duke of edinburgh have a very strong link because our program particularly at that age range of 14 matches up nicely with the duke of edinburgh as well so there's an opportunity to combine the both though uh, and then a little sort of project that's going on as well at the minute is with HSBC, the bank, and it's they sponsor our money skills badges for beavers and cubs. And this is where beavers and cubs can learn about 
uh, you know, money skills basically. How do you save? How do you spend? And, and, and mm. that type of thing. And we have uh, a number of HSBC staff coming in, volunteering and delivering uh, that badge to Beavers and Cubs as well. So that's something uh, we're working on at the minute. So that's what the team and myself uh, are responsible for and are working on. Brilliant. I mean, it's. Uh, I think everyone knows the Scouts has obviously quite, has quite a broad range of activities that they offer i didn't quite realize they went into sort of money management i mean that i suppose that's that's incredibly important i think the one thing that people say when they leave school is no one's no one's told me how to get a mortgage no one's told me how to open a bank account it's crazy that no one teaches you to do that thing so it's nice to hear the scouts are doing that so we all know that obviously there's quite a broad spectrum of what the scouts can cover uh, the fact that this is called the outdoors adventure podcast probably tells you there's a specific area that uh, we would be interested in hearing about uh, and that's more specifically how the outdoors is involved in the scout organization so uh, sort of dr- drilling down into that area of the scouts how uh, how do they implement the outdoors and encourage uh, young people to get into the outdoors yeah i mean you know i think you ought to, when you think of scouts you automatically turn to you think of outdoors you think about camping hiking campfires be, you know climbing mountains that type of thing that you know that immediately springs to mind even if you're a non-scout um and what's key about our program the outdoor is evident throughout the scouting program as i say you know we have badges and awards that the young people can achieve to and throughout that it's all about mainly around outdoors and really integrating that into young people um you know we've got so many different badges you know outdoor activities from canoeing um you know sailing paddle sports hiking camping um oh what, what are they called now the uh like sort of the bushcraft survival skills there's, that's what there's, I'm thinking there's, there's geocaching as well geocaching you know uh, getting out into the you know into the garden and and stuff you know like you know like we talk about the community impact one in particular you know the, there's different stages to that particular badge as there is with swimming and that but the community impact as well that's a big thing around getting out into your local community as well um you know and and looking after your community and making a difference and an impact um so throughout our program um it, it's key that we keep that outdoor element and we have what we say is like a progressive program uh, throughout, you know, so it stays age appropriate. It's more challenging, you know, as you go through the age ranges, uh, you know, and a particular example of that would be of only just this week, actually, um, with, you know, officially squirrels um, are allowed to participate in nights away now, experiences with the scouts. Oh, wow. Um, so we've been piloting that for the last year and, um, you know, it was all you know it went really well um and again we've re- it's really key that people need to feel comfortable with that you know uh, uh, and the young person needs to as well but mm. where we talk about this progressive program you know it we envisage you know a squirrel might have an indoor night away in squirrels and then as it progresses to beavers you, you know you might go outdoor for one night and then cubs two nights and scouts a week and mm. then you know explore as you go abroad and, and and that type of element and different progression throughout um and as you, you know as you've touched upon rob as you get to scouts and explore age you will do different activities as well from coding um but keeping that outdoor element as we say with like survival skills 
no. going on week-long camps or even two, three-week camps as we've got with our World Scout Jamboree taking place in the summer. Oh, fantastic. It sounds like you've got such a broad variety of things you can do outdoors. And I was just saying before we started recording, I actually um, volunteered for the squirrel uh, dray around the corner for me with my little boy uh, for a couple of months. And I must say, when when I was getting encouraged to plan activities, they were really, it's, it's one of those organisations, when you sort of sit there and think of all the red tape and bureaucracy that goes on in a lot of organisations these days. I remember the people who ran the local organisation to me, they didn't, all they ever said was, they didn't care about anything else, all they ever said was, just make it fun. It's all about fun. That's what we're here for. It's not about sort of being too serious about yourself or anything like that. Let's just make sure the kids have fun. It's so nice to hear that when you, you hear so many things of, let's have fun, but let's write a, a risk assessment of how we're going to uh, make sure that we can have fun in a risk-assessed way. And obviously that still happens, but it, the main element was all about the children having fun, which is fantastic to hear. And so you talk about um, the squirrel Dre uh, sort of getting time away and being able to uh, go away for a night and things like that. What exactly? What sort of activities would they exactly get up to from sort of squirrels up to scouts uh, when they go on sort of camp, I suppose, is what you would... Uh, historically think of it yeah yeah you know there's such a wide variety of activities they can get involved in and that you know are not really sometimes on your doorstep you know such things like you know grass sledging climbing and abseiling um shooting archery um you know doing various different trails and hikes um caving uh, you know there's different assault courses and and just just being in them outdoors and for me there's nothing better of an evening being with your friends no technology around and just sat around the fire having the chat you just yeah. you can't beat that and that's one of the great things i really feel around scouting and the residentials that that brings and i must say as well you know as per you know we hopefully agree rob but people who are maybe listening and as parents and stuff and who actually don't need to be parents but you see climbing, you see archery, and some of these type of activities can be incredibly ex- expensive and not accessible for a lot of people. Mm. But through you know through the campsites, the adventure centres that scouts have and provide, these activities are really accessible and uh, you know and really affordable to get in as part of that residential experience. And that's what's fantastic is, you know, obviously I, I like football and you know there's other clubs and such on that you get involved in but you're just doing that one thing every week mm. where with something like scouting it's just different every single week it's net the two weeks are never the same and that's what i love about that variety and that non-competitiveness as well because for some you know young people and even adults you know going to a club or maybe a sport and that uh competitive element that's not for everyone and that's fine but with scouts, it's it's not like that, and that's what's really fantastic that everyone's equal. You know, yeah. everyone's at an equal uh, keel, really. So, you know, for them, residential, uh, you know, I think they're the key part of of scouting. And even if you don't sleep over, just going away and going to a site for a day, yeah. and participating in a wide range of activities, it, it just makes such a difference to you as a person. Definitely, uh, it sounds fantastic. I mean. 
I uh, I actually back onto a scout camp. I back onto Bispam. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, Bispam. it's called Bispam, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Bispam all, yeah. And, and and once once a year, I mean, I, I I can hear them occasionally, but once a year, all hell breaks loose around here when uh, they do a chariot race. I think yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've, had, yeah they've got to build their own. They've got to build their own chariots and race down a course. It's like the red box soapbox soap race, <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for for kids. And uh, oh my word, it sounds like so much fun! I want to go and join in. I want to build a chariot on my own with my kids one day and just rock up and see, see how we do. That <laughs> was amazing. Sounds so much fun. So thank you to Alan for that half of the interview. Um, in a couple of weeks' time, I'll release the other half of uh, the interview where we go into more about the uh, physical and mental health benefits to uh, children and young people who are involved in the Scout organisation. So this month's uh, stat of the month follows on from the conversation that we had with Alan Bennett about the uh, physical and mental health benefits to spending more time outdoors. And the stats show that spending more time outdoors has a number of benefits, including lowering your blood pressure, boosting your mood, increasing your immunity, and decreasing levels of stress and anxiety. So there we go. Scientifically proven that spending time outdoors will help you in many ways. So I'm keen to get some more involvement now that we're, uh, we're about 130 likes on the Facebook page, which um, for one month is fantastic. So thank you for everyone for liking the Facebook page. I'm keen to get some interaction going, some discussion going on the Facebook page um it's actually a facebook group or a page so if you're looking for it on pages you'll see there's about one like on the actual facebook page uh so look under groups for the outdoors adventure podcast look for the um the front page that you can see on your app uh and you'll you, you join it you can join it there uh and so i'm keen to start doing something what i'm going to call the question of the month and it's a question that will help us all uh have a bit of a discussion and we can have a bit of discussion on the podcast and with our guests as well coming up um so this month i am asking what your favorite national park is in the uk and why so I'm going to post that onto our Facebook page uh, as soon as this episode's re- released. So feel free to go onto the Facebook page and give me your thoughts. And I'll, I'll read some out uh, next month. I'm going to reserve judgment on what mine is. Now, I have a favorite, a clear favorite, uh, but I'm going to reserve judgment on that. Uh, oh, I said a clear favorite. I, I don't want to be too controversial. They're all beautiful in their own way, but there's one that I have felt fallen in love with. Um so yeah, I will reserve my judgment. But if you go to our Facebook page at the Outdoors Adventure Podcast, you can go and give me your thoughts there. Look forward to seeing them. A 
Okay, time's for this month's trip report. Um, and this is a report that I did when I had a bit of a micro venture going to uh, a mid Wales body. Um, I'm, oh, surely everyone who listens to this knows what a body is, but for those who don't, um, the best place to start if you want to find out a bit more about bodies is the Mountain Bodies Association website. Essentially, what they are is they are old huts in the wilderness, almost always in the wilderness. There's some that are quite close to roads, though. Um, and they're old, uh, they're old shepherds' huts, old stores, old, you know, all, all these sort of build, random buildings that you find out in the wilderness that are sort of unused. Uh, they're almost always owned by people. You know, the landowners perhaps own these buildings but don't maintain them. And the Mountain Bodies Association is a charity which um, maintains the huts in a better order. Uh, there's a vast, vast range of huts. You get some uh, glorious ones, all wooden cladded and with fireplaces and sleeping platforms and all sorts of stuff. To the more basic ones where it's more of a stone building, um, there might not be a sleeping platform, um, there might not be a fireplace. So, yeah, there's a real broad sort of spectrum of, of bodies. The general consensus with bodies is you don't have to book them. You just turn up. And if there's um, other people who turn up whilst you're there, then you let them in. It's not just your body. You share it with others. And um, it's a good way to meet random people get to know people i've probably stayed in 15 20 bodies and i mean not as many as 20 i'd say 15 16 bodies and uh, i'd say maybe on 11 or 12 of those occasions i've shared with other people um and sort of met uh, a real variety of people some really interesting people uh, and it's uh, a good way to spend some time in the outdoors and have a bit more of a comfortable resting place come the end of your uh, hiking for the day. Uh, so I'm doing a wild camp in a month or so. Obviously, that's the opposite spectrum where you have a tent on your back and carry that around with you all day. The nice thing about the bodies is it's a solid building come the end of it. There's usually a fireplace uh, and there's a bit more comfort to that than uh, than wild camping. Uh, so this is from the Cambrian Mountains, uh, and it's a walk that uh, I did with my brother. So I'll introduce him in the po- in the uh, uh, in the section now. Uh, and yeah, it was from early January. I think it was the second weekend of January that we did this. So enjoy. Right today, this month's. Uh, trip report is from the Tiwi Forest Park. I'm going to say that hopelessly wrong, and I'm going to probably gamble a load of Welsh contact me saying I've said it hopelessly wrong. But it's T Y W I Forest Park uh, in the Southern Cambrian Mountains, Mid Wales, and I'm here with uh, Alan, the uh, more attractive sibling. And Alan is my apparently more attractive sibling. Uh, we've had a bit of an adventure getting in on the roads because it's uh what date are we are now like middle of january it's wet i know that it's much really wet uh we it's been raining constantly for about three days and then we there's like a single track road that we've parked up uh to start a walk today and it's flooded basically and there were three ford crossings but they weren't really ford crossings it was wow 
one was like a white water rapid. Yeah. Basically, I thought you were ahead of me, <laughs> and uh, that was the only reason I went through them. If it wasn't for that, I definitely shouldn't have driven through. At one point, I genuinely thought my car was going to turn into a boat. Yeah, well, I, I saw, we, we sort of, I knew there was no phone signal where we were meeting, so I said, Alan, I said, we sent Alan the Google map for where we're going to meet. And then about half a mile in front of me on the single track road, I saw his car. And then he disappeared the other side of the rapids. So I knew he got through them. <laughs> so I thought, well, if he can get through them, I'm getting through them. So we are in the Tui Forest Park and sort of the point of the day's trek. I couldn't get away early this morning. So we've only started just after lunch. So it's more of a body trip. We're going to go and stay at, what's it called? Mel, Mel Prisgau. You're really uh, doing some terrible pronunciation here. Yeah, Mo, I know. Moel Prisgal. Oh, yeah, that was much better. Yeah. <laughs> it's a body. Look it up, Mountain Bodies Association. Uh, it's probably one of the most southerly bodies. And like I say, it's at the southern end of uh, the Cambrian Mountains. Probably one of the most remote bodies in Wales. Uh, it's sort of a four or five mile drive down that single track road. We've left one car, uh, a, a one access road to the body, one car at the other access road, and then we're going to do a bit of a surf first. We're going to walk into the body, have a bit of a relaxing afternoon, a bit of food, get a fire going, uh, and then walk out to my morning. And we've got like a window of nice weather this afternoon, and then it's been raining all morning. It's going to be raining all tomorrow morning. So we're sort of using this afternoon to have a nice relaxing walk into the body. So we're sort of halfway there. Um, it's only about an hour and a half walking into the body, so uh, we're halfway there along forest tracks. Uh, it's apparently good for mountain biking, and there's also a green lane, so good before before in as well. Uh, so I shall update when we're at the body. So we made it to the body. It took us about an hour and a half to walk into, well, maybe a bit more actually, about an hour and 45 minutes, but it was a fairly slow pace. Uh, and we are the only ones here. It's always quite nice, I think. Uh, but then again, at the same time, it's nice to meet other people. Um, and uh, share some interesting stories. I stayed at the body about three months ago and ended up with sharing about six people. There was... <laughs> There was uh, some Polish, some Greeks, uh, that's English. <laughs> They've got my brother in the background shouting stuff at me, hence the reason I'm laughing. Uh, so we didn't really see anyone on the walk here, it was really nice. There was a couple of 4 by 4s there's a, um, a green lane that runs not far from the body, so we did see a couple of 4 by 4s but apart from that, uh, there was no one else. So... We were going to approach the body um, from one route, but I did read online that the bridge that goes across the stream, which you might be able to hear in the background, uh, is broken. Uh, and I'm glad we didn't go that way, because now that we've got to the body, it really is broken. And with the amount of rain that's been distributed over the last couple of days, uh, it's a raging torrent. And it's quite flooded around the body, actually. Uh, so access to the body's not been particularly easy. Even the route that we came was quite boggy, um, quite difficult to find. So 
It's a lovely spot though. We're right in the middle of the forest. A little stream running past. We have been here maybe two hours, no, an hour and a half maybe now. Uh, we've collected some woods from the forest. Now because of the weather, the wood is far too wet. But obviously we will leave it for the next people because uh, we're going to burn some of the wood that's already in the body. So hopefully by the time the next people arrive, the wood that we've put in the body will be dry. Uh, we have brought a couple of logs in with us as well, so we've got enough to get a good fire going. Uh, we are going to get a bit of food on the go and uh, get the cards out, read the body book, and just relax and chill. You just turn it first? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not that it really helps. This is the worst yeah, mine's pretty shit as well. Which must mean there's lots of good ones in there. <laughs> Not quite at the point where I'm going to start putting high shots down. <laughs> it's close though. That'll be good. <laughs> <coughs> right, so we spent the night in the body and we uh, stayed up playing cards till too late. No one else turned up in the end, so it was just us two. We couldn't get a fire going. <laughs> Alan couldn't get a fire going. Because uh, everything was soaking wet. And there wasn't really any dry logs. We brought a couple of dry logs in with us, but there wasn't enough kindling to get it going. So, uh, fortunately, it wasn't too cold. And I slept really, really well because I was nice and warm and snug all night. And Alan didn't because he was cold. Uh, so we're just packing up, had some breakfast, and we're going to head on out. So I'm driving back now from uh, the mini adventure. I think it's um, what this trip epitomises really, is what people refer to as a micro-adventure. Um, I couldn't get away till early on Saturday, so we didn't start the walk till about 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon and we got back to the cars about one o'clock Sunday afternoon, so it's literally 24 hours. Uh, but in that 24 hours, we've done a walk, eight-mile walk, um, found some solitude, really. I mean, it's uh, the Cambrian Mountains. I've always thought, you know, they're empty compared to other places nearby, like the Breckens and Snedonia. Sort of squashed between Breckens and Snedonia, so it's uh less visited i think uh, well it certainly gets it feels that way i mean we've done 24 hours in the cambrians and we didn't see anyone apart from a couple of uh, forestry workers in the background we heard the odd land rover because there was a green lane near the body uh but we didn't see anyone cross paths of anyone um so yeah really got a bit of solitude really um the body itself malpris girl it's a great body. I uh, recommend it to anyone, really. It's again because it seems to be in a quieter location, it feels to me like it gets a bit less traffic. Uh, someone from the NBA probably disagrees, but it feels in terms, in terms of sort of the mid Wales body, certainly uh, it seems to be getting a little bit less traffic than others. Probably something to do with the solitude, of course. Um, so yeah, I had a nice night in the body. It's sort of two rooms, I'll describe it. Uh, it's, there's one room which is more of a wood store, and then there's another room which has sort of been blocked off to the rest of the body, keeps the heat in nicely, makes it a bit cosier. 
There's three sleeping platforms, fireplace, table and chairs, and that's about it. Uh, sleeping platforms, probably sleep two, I'd say, fairly comfortably. Um, but you don't get it into your head. There's only six people that can sleep in that body because I think I read in the body book there was 14 people in there one night. And the general consensus with bodies is there's always room. You know, always try and make room for others that turn up. I've slept on the floor of bodies before. Um, when there's been too many people sleeping on the platforms. Uh, and yeah, it's just a, a nice welcoming environment that most people and most bodies um, appreciate. Uh, so yeah, it's just me, my brother, no one else turned up. Uh, and a mouse, which I saw halfway through the night, which is nice. And yeah, just had a nice little micro adventure. I always say to people, just you know, a twenty-four hour trip out like that. It always there's a little reset switch in your head, isn't there? And that does it for me. Um, just a little reset switch, getting away from modern life and uh, the stresses and strains. Uh, so yeah, just driving home now. I'm feeling refreshed. Had a lovely couple of well, a couple of days, lovely twenty-four hours, um, and was really enjoyable trip. All right, it's time for this month's news. What's been going on in the outdoors world in the last uh, month or so? Uh, the first thing that I spotted was, uh, unfortunately, uh, an outdoors retailer has been subject to a cyber attack. It's only just come out now, but it was um, back in uh, 2018 to 2020, and they're saying it could be affecting up to 10 million customers on people who have ordered uh, anything online from millets or blacks in that time period. Um, there's not really much you can do about it, to be honest with you, but they're saying be vigilant for scam emails, calls, and texts coming from the release of your data, which shouldn't have happened. Um, next up, I, I mentioned last month that there was a couple of mountain rescue leaders who have uh, received uh, OBEs, MBEs, I think it was, for um, mount, uh, services to mountain rescue. Um, this month, another mountain rescue uh, volunteer has been uh, given an award as part of the Fort William Mountain Festival. Uh, Dave Whaley is the winner of this year's Scottish Award for Excellent in Excellence in Mountain Culture. Uh, he's been involved in over a thousand rescues over a forty-year period. He did work for the RAF, and um, now he's uh, a Mountain Rescue Service member. So again, more great news that there are a number of volunteers being recognised for their uh, hard work. This month also, uh, the BMC uh, launched their new hill walking website. Um, you can find it through the BMC website. It's hillwalking.thebmc.co.uk. Uh, I've had a little look around and it's got a bit on there. It's got um, some gear reviews, uh, some training, a uh, number of resources on there. Um, it's split quite well into whether you're sort of new to the hills or if you're um really well, well versed in what you're doing um there's some videos and they recommend some podcasts on there as well mine's not on there yet but you know it's time yet um what else has been going on um 
we have also got the oh you're not sticking on the theme of the bmc uh they have opened up nominations for their awards this year uh you can do that through the bmc website deadline for nominations is the 31st of march uh there's four awards uh that you can nominate people for so if you think anyone is uh uh who works in the volunteer sector and this uh been particularly worthy of a nomination this year then go to the website and suggest away uh from the national trust uh, i was pleased to see that uh, they've started a new apprentice program for stonemasonry carpentry and joinery uh, it's funded by the hamish ogston foundation 6.2 million pounds has been funded to train craftspeople of the future and i think this is uh, relevance and importance to the outdoors community because these are uh, you know people who are trying to keep uh, an older way of working going uh, I think a aging workforce and lack of training has been put down to uh, the decline in traditional building and in the heritage skill sector uh, things like you know your dry stone walls for example uh, it's just not a skill that's particularly taught these days uh, well the national trust have got their hands on some money for a program for apprentices to do just that so um uh if you're interested in in uh, getting involved in that then go to the national trust website and sticking with the national trust they've also um started planting their first uh, major community woodland when 90,000 trees are going to be planted in the next three years, which is pretty incredible. It's the size of 168 football pitches uh, on the coast of South Devon. Uh, so, I mean, that's fantastic news for local walkers and wildlife alike. And that's the news. So what events have we got coming up in March? Well, in March, we've got uh, the biggest thing that I found, actually. I don't know. This is the fourth. Oh, no. Uh, no, I'm trying. I'm just reading it as I'm as I'm talking to you. Uh, it, it, I don't know how long this has been going for, but it looks massive. It's a month long celebration of the outdoor city, which is in Sheffield. And there's all sorts of stuff going on. There's the Sheffield Adventure Film Festival that's part of it. Uh, there's a climbing festival, there's marathons, there's, um, I mean, they advertise the pollen market, but I think that happens fairly regularly in uh, Sheffield anyway. Uh, there's stand-up paddle pouring, beer festivals, uh, all across the month of March. I mean, there's so much going on, orienteering events, it's sort of endless, really. Um, uh, I can't believe I've not really heard of it before. It must. I don't know how long it's been going on for, uh, but if you go on their website which is welcome to sheffield.co.uk you'll be able to find all of the details on their website the festival of the outdoors across march 2023 Uh, next up we have the uh, national outdoors expo now i spoke about the camping uh, expo at the nec last month and uh, this month at the NEC, they've got the National Outdoor Expo. So uh, it sort of covers a wide variety of uh, activities. They've got climbing, they've got a bushcraft zone, they've got paddleboard and you can try and 
uh, zip lining and kayaking and hiking and all sorts of stuff. There's celebrity guests and interviews um, and, uh, and a theater stage and all sorts of stuff going on there. Uh, looks fairly uh, like there's a, there's a wide variety uh, of things for everyone. I would like to try and get along to it myself, but it's a weekend, and I think if I'm not going to do anything at the weekend, I'm going to go out for a hike or something. So, um, uh, but you know, I might try and get along to it. It is on the 18th and 19th of March at the NEC in Birmingham, and tickets are only ten pounds for that. Um, next up, uh, James Ketchell is doing a tour. He's the only person to have climbed Everest, cycled around the world, and rode an ocean in the world, apparently. Um, he's on tour across uh, loads of places, really, from the 23rd of March all the way through to the 23rd of April. Uh, it's on the Speakers from the Edge website, all the dates and uh, times and where he's going. And prices are all on there. And, la- oh no, not lastly, a couple more. Um, there's the Quick Owl uh, Walking Festival from the 4th to the 12th of March. Uh, 82 guided walks on an offer, ranging from 3 miles to 60 miles. 60, that's a long one. 3 miles to 16 miles. Um, I don't actually know where Quick Owl is. It looks like it's in Wales. I've never been there. Uh, Mid Wales, uh, which you would have thought I'd know considering I've done a trip report from Mid Wales this month. Uh, but if you go to quickowlfestival.com, you can see everything on there that uh, they've got going on. And that's what's on this month. So thank you for listening to this month's episode. Like I say, um, it'll be out every two weeks now. Uh, If you want to get involved, then feel free to uh, join our Facebook group. Search for the Outdoors Adventure Podcast on Facebook. You can also email me at outdoorsadventurepodcast at hotmail.com. Next month, we've got a, a Lowlands trip report from Abbey Moore from the Scottish Highlands. We've also got an interview with uh, Alex Staniforth, who, wow, I mean, he's done so many things of note, it's difficult to know where to start. Everest Attempter, um, uh, charity fundraiser in the UK, runner, hiker, cycler, everything, really. Uh, so really excited to share the interview with you uh, next month. Uh, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next month. <laughs>